Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. My name is Brandon Still and I am your host. We have got a, a, another departure, guys. We keep doing some interesting shows around here. Today, we're going to be speaking with Dava Nunley. And Dava is the former general manager at Three Crow Bar. So a lot of you may remember, back in January, there was a big hullabaloo about Three Crow Bar. And they fired their entire staff and... All of this craziness. Well, there's a bunch of different stories. Brad Schmidt wrote an article in the Tennessean. There's lots of op-eds that have been written. Um, this bar means a lot to a lot of people. And I don't like telling stories where I only tell one side of the story because, you know, I, th- there's two sides to every single story. And I want to I start off by saying that. But Deva, you know, I contacted her a long time ago because I was just looking into telling this story because it was really compelling. And she got back to me here recently and said, hey, look, I'm ready. I think I'm ready to tell you, to kind of tell everybody my story, my truth, what went on her part of the story. And so I said, yeah, let's do it. I mean, she is one of the sweetest people I've ever met. She's she's just amazing. And the opportunity to tell her story, I you know, I don't. I don't have a dog in the in the fight. I mean, I'm not. I'm not on either side. I understand business is business, and there are reasons for everything everybody does. But I did want to give her the opportunity to tell her side of the story. So that's what we do today. Today we're going to hear Deva Nunley's side of kind of why she was let go the week before Christmas, after all the things we've gone through. Um, so lots of interesting stuff there. So if you're interested in the Three Crow Bar saga, um, please tune in, enjoy. Um, I have reached out and offered to do the same for anybody else on the other side of the story. It's not just a one-sided deal. If they want to come on and tell their side of the story, I'm happy to to, to host that too. This isn't, uh, I, like I said, I don't have a, a dog in this fight, but... It is interesting, it is compelling, and um, we're happy to share it here on Nashville Restaurant Radio. This show is not sponsored by anyone, since this is such a departure from our normal um, interviews with chefs and talking about all the cool things, and this is only going to be on audio. This will not be on our YouTube channel, uh, which you should go subscribe to right now. Uh, If you like more content like this, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you see podcasts follow me on instagram my instagram is at brandon underscore nrr for behind the scenes stuff just kind of my daily uh posts and stories go there and then follow nashville restaurant radio at nashville restaurant radio and then we also have a tiktok page where we have chefs reading one star reviews go find us uh, at nashville restaurant radio on tiktok and i think that's it so Oh, yeah. All of our hats and shirts are on sale right now. 20 bucks. Would love to have you sporting our gear as you roll around town. They're really cool. It's the super duper soft cotton poly blend with rayon. So it's like that just fits on you. It just kind of melts on you. It's perfect. So 
go to our website, NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com. Let's get that set up and um, let's jump right in with uh, Deva. This is going to be a lot of fun. Enjoy. I'm so excited today to welcome in Deva Nunley. Deva is the former general manager at the Three Crow Bar right in the heart of East Nashville. How are you doing today, Deva? I'm well, thank you for having I'm me. So, I'm so excited to have you. I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for asking. I'm so excited to have you on the show. You know, everybody, I think everybody in Nashville knows because of the internet and Facebook that Three Crow Bar has gone through a change. Um, there's a bunch of stories that happen. There's a bunch of things that kind of, I, I don't even know if a bunch of things went down. There's just a bunch of stories and a bunch of comments and there's band three crow and all this stuff. And um, I've wanted to hear your take on all of this kind of the, the Paul Harvey rest of the story since it went down. And I want to get to that, but I want to start off with just kind of a, a background as to who you are and where you come from. And I want to get kind of the backstory and the, the story of three crowbar. So let's start with how long you've been in Nashville. I moved here in 1999. 1990, 22 years. Specifically in, in 2000, right. All right. And when, where'd you move from? Knoxville. Born so, and raised? Pardon? You born and raised? No. Um, that story is, is quite long and complicated. Um, I went, I, I grew up abroad. I went to boarding school in Europe. Um, then I went to the university of Tennessee and then five okay. of Knoxville, I came to Nashville and you haven't left. You've, you made it home. I have made it home. And when you graduate, when you got out of college, graduate college, did you get right into the restaurant industry? Is this something that you've always done? Has this been like in your blood? Yes, I, I dabbled in a few other things, but but yes, I uh, was introduced to the restaurant business through a friend of mine in Knoxville. I worked with him for several years, and then I moved uh, to Nashville and really didn't, I didn't find my way until I found Three Crow. Wow. So when you, how old were you? Like, well, not, I'm not going to ask you how old you are. That's how okay. long ago was that that you found Three Crow? Uh, 2006 is that's my recollection. So roughly 15, 16 years ago. And when was, you say you found Three Crow, how did you find Three Crow? Well, it was my neighborhood bar, and who doesn't enjoy a neighborhood bar? So you're one of those people that found a neighborhood bar. You've got your neighborhood bar. It's like they go on vacation and end up moving there. You know, you found your neighborhood <laughs> bar and you go, I like this place so much. I think I want to work here. Is that my, my well, track? Yeah, well, I, I didn't seek the job. It, it sought me, I suppose. Um, Bill Carney, and he saw me in there a bit and asked me if I wanted to work there. And now who's Bill Carney? Bill Carney is one of the three partners at Three Crow. Okay. How does that dynamic work? Who are the three partners? Kelly Jones, Rick Clark, and Bill Carney. Okay. Now, how many restaurants do these three people own? 
So Bill, Bill was only, he's only involved in Three Crow. However, formerly 1016. Okay. Was a, sure. Um, but Kelly, Kelly has the brew houses and he and Rick have, and, and, and for me to speak about sort of the way their partnership works is it's a little, very, I don't know all of you know the details, but Red Door, um, Broadway Brew House, these are Kelly's interests. Okay, well, you have three owners for Three Crow Bar, and then between the three owners, they own multiple bars with varying levels of percentage of ownership. Fair. So Red Door, um, Three Crow, you said... 10 previously 1016 and then Broadway brew house. Yes. Wow. Okay. I mean, those are some pretty iconic names here in town. I mean, these guys know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So very, they're, they're, he sees you dining there and he says, Hey, you'd like to work here. And you said, that's, sure. That's pretty much how it went down. What did you 15, do? When you first started? Years ago. Yeah. What'd you do when you first started working there? What was your position? Um, I bartended and you know, I uh, at the time I also worked uh, at Germantown Cafe. For those things happened sort of simultaneously. But, okay. Those were two dear friends, Chris Lowry and Jay Luther. I know. <clears throat> Ugh. Yeah. It's still, it's still even today. <clears throat> I miss Jay. Like it's one of those things that, like, I was so sad. Uh, it was just it was like the worst, the worst thing ever. That Jay. was a very terrible day. Yeah. For those of you, uh, if you're listening, you're like, what are they talking about? I don't want to go into the whole story, but uh, Chris Lauer and Jay Luther used to own a place called Germantown. They had Germantown East. There used to be a Germantown East, which is where the, uh, is it called the make, made, made? Uh, mainstay. Mainstay. The mainstay. Yes. Thank you. Uh, it was a long story, but Jay passed away and it was, it was a very sad day. Anyway. So you started at Three Crow and um, you were bartending. What about it did you love? Like, what what was the culture like when you started there? You know, you know the the culture at the time it, it wasn't this East Nashville then wasn't as it is now. No, not at all. Very different. Um, In what ways was it different? Well, the, the neighborhood itself was different, of course. I mean, there were still people that were afraid to come to, to East Nashville. For what reason, I, I, you know, to this day, I don't understand. Here, uh, because East Nashville did a great job of branding itself as don't you dare come this side of the fucking town and we'll, we'll, well there's that. your shit. <laughs> the, the internet came out and all of a sudden everyone went, Oh, there's a lot of really cool stuff over there. Yeah. They started tearing down houses and building right. skinnies and ruining everything. We can say it. Yeah, the gays moved here and made everything fantastic and pretty. Um, and it was it was this beautiful community, not not just aesthetically, but everyone felt Like a pioneer, I suppose. I mean, that I, I sort of like Margot, for example. 
like what a risk they took putting that beautiful restaurant in a neighborhood that really wasn't being given any credit, you know, and I, and to say that there's a chip on someone's shoulder or on our shoulders is a little, that's a bit of a misnomer, but it was like, everyone was so proud to be a part of this upright, not uprising. Um, like there was a feeling, there's a feeling in East, that used to be, and it still is. I mean, East Nashville still is an amazing community. It's just, it's evolved it a lot. Yeah. Um, but back in the day, there was, it was a community that everybody knew each other. It was a little rough around the edges. It was kind of the liberal side of Nashville, but that's, they would have it no other way. And it was like, that was it. It was amazing. Yeah. And I you could the, feel it when you're in East Nashville. Yes. And the term, uh, you know, gentrification, I don't necessarily love that, that word. It, I don't know. I think it puts aside the, the people who have lived here forever. I mean, for me as a 20 year resident of East Nashville, to say that I gentrified a place, I don't think is fair to the people who have lived here for 40 years or 50 years. Sure. Does, if that it makes, makes sense. sense. I, okay. I totally get it. So you're working there as a bartender. You loved it because it was really like, like Margot said in the interview that day, she said, it's the heartbeat of East Nashville. I mean, right there on the corner, right at five points, three crow in that atmosphere back in the day, 20 years ago, or we're talking 14, 15 years ago. Right. It was it was a it was a happening. It was a, a place to be. Everybody knew each other and you were the bartender there. That's a pretty fun gig. It was great. And you know I met right now, I sit in the house of my friends who they moved here from Michigan. That was their first stop when they were looking for neighborhoods. I met them to this day. They're I spend Christmas with them. I, their little boy is their family to me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it feels like this was now more than a community. Of, yes. It's a family. Yeah. It's more and than a job. Oh God. Yeah. I never looked at it. Um, sorry. I'm getting a little emotional. It's okay. I never, I never really saw it as a job, but as, I don't know, sort of a duty to my community to have this place where everyone could go and feel safe, no matter what you look like, no matter who you live with or what color you are. It was oh. just the encompassing like warm embrace i get chills right now hearing you talk about that because that's that's hospitality that's like the definition of hospitality is making somebody feel at home it's letting them feel a hundred percent comfortable being whoever you are in a setting and that's what you're creating there that's amazing we did yeah. We absolutely made it that place. 
So when did you move? Were you you were a bartender? When did you move into management? Um, I I took the GM job in. It was actually a couple of months before Jay died. Okay. Because I was I was there at Germantown with with Chris and Jay, and then the opportunity arose uh, for me to become GM at Three Crow, so I took it. So that was 2012, I believe. Um, And it was, it was just sort of this seamless transition. Um, The trust was always there with, with really every member of the staff. It it was never, it was never a, a corporate feel. It was, there was just trust and, there no micromanaging, like everyone do their job. And you just do it. And just do it. Yeah. Now were you responsible for creating a PL and profitability? And did you have goals and numbers and all that stuff? I mean, we had goals and numbers, but never in I was I was never responsible for PL, but I knew like the financial sort of ins and outs. Okay. Um I I didn't really work with spreadsheets. <laughs> I worked you're with, like, with sort you're of like CPO, yeah. like this chief people officer, right? Well, like, just- yeah. And, you know, and financially, I was responsible for, you know, the restaurant, make sure that everyone's making money, owners, staff, everyone, giving everyone the tools that they need, they needed. To succeed. To succeed, right. Okay. And did you like doing that job? I loved it. And what I did was, you love about being the GM there? I loved... I loved... My gosh. Uh, I loved dealing with vendors... I loved, and, I, and I'm not a micromanager. I don't enjoy being micromanaged, and thus I don't care to do that to others. Um, I loved all of it. I liked the perks. I loved, you know, making decisions jointly with Bill and I talking about beer, what's going to be successful in the draft wall, like little ins and outs. I loved all of it. What were the perks? Every now and again, somebody would throw me a concert ticket. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got Preds tickets. Like, yes, you do. <laughs> the Budweiser sweet. You're like, no, yeah. every yeah. I've I've seen a couple of Predators playoff games. Yeah, your seat. Yeah, Jameson. Jameson got me some tickets to a U2 show in in New Jersey, which was. Perks. That was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm, not ashamed of, there, I'm not ashamed of that. Right. <laughs> that's good stuff. Okay, so you liked you were like the you're like the the carotid artery of this heartbeat because you were running the whole thing. You were hiring people. When I asked you what you loved about being a GM, was there anybody like managing the people? Who were the people that you worked with that were like your 
your number ones, the people that really made it the culture with you? Well, uh, too many name. Everyone, everyone, Jamie Miller. Um, when I first started at, J, at as GM, Jamie was the HR head. So I never, I never really got into the hiring, and I don't think I ever had to fire anyone that I recall. I don't. Know. And then Jamie, fire anybody. I don't think I don't. Not that I remember, but. Nine years, eight, nine years. I don't, I don't remember ever firing anyone. Okay. And it, it was that kind of place that, that it was sort of natural attrition. People, some people moved on, but there was never any, there was no animus in like, I'm bumbling with my words right now. I'm sorry. Um, it's okay. You had a cohesive unit of people that worked together and then somebody would leave and you'd hire somebody new, but everybody had each other's back. It was a team. 100%. Yeah. Um, so, so Jamie Miller, who is one of my best friends, one of the nicest people I know. She's currently the pastry chef at Lachlan table. Uh, just a lovely human being. Um, and then Wayne Hannon took over her role as HR management. Okay. So Wayne and I sort of worked, we, we all worked cohesively to create, well, it, it all happened so organically. You know what I mean? No one set out to create this environment. It just happened with Bill Carney at the helm. Like that's how I think he saw that place as the anchor. I think yeah. he had foresight. And I and I certainly don't I don't want to put words in his mouth. But I do believe that he had that foresight. Okay. So let's fast forward a little bit. You obviously yes. ran a amazing restaurant. You've got people that work there that wanted to work there. Nashville's blowing up. Um, not literally yet, but Nashville's hundreds of people come into town, thousands of people coming to town, East Nashville's just growing like crazy. And then I know we had, we had a tornado in 1998, but I'm going to fast forward to 2020, March the 3rd tornado comes through. What was that like for you? Um, How to, it was surreal and it was, you know, painful. I was sleeping and my phone blows up. I live in Inglewood now, which is still, I guess, East Nashville. Um, you know, Josh Allen, who was the manager and bartender on shift that night, successfully got everyone who was in the building into the walk-in cooler. No one was injured. Unbelievable. And I don't think that he's been applauded enough for his efforts that night. Um, well, let's applaud him now. Great job. So his name is Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Yeah. 
Josh Allen, way to go, man. Way to save some lives, brother. Yeah, he got people in the walk-in, people in the bathroom. He he wow. it could have been it could have been a hell of a lot worse. I mean, that's some hero stuff right there where you're talking I, about a tornado coming and what do you do? Save yourself and know I'm gonna save everybody else in this building. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the stuff that like you want to know who the leaders are, <laughs> the guys that grab everybody else to help. Yeah. Like in that moment, I mean, gosh, way to go. I mean, love yeah. celebrating that all day. Yes. And I and yeah, Josh Allen is I love him for many reasons, but that is that was that was heroic. You're right. So what type of damage did the restaurant take on? Um about I'd say at least a third of the roof sort of peeled back. It sustained a, a great deal of damage. Um, more than we, you know, night, obviously, I was at home. Um, I can't remember if I got there on, that was a Monday night, if I'm not mistaken. It was a Monday night. Monday night. Um, I can't remember if I got, because there was so much going on, like with the, you know, with everyone's homes and downed electric, you know, power lines and everything. Uh, I think I got over there maybe Wednesday to really see the, how bad it was. Like I had no idea. Like getting reports. The home that I'm sitting in now was, you know, they were, they sustained a lot damage than others, but it was still like a traumatic, horrible night and preceding days. What was the feeling like when you first saw the building? Like, what did you feel? Well, I, and how, and this is one thing I thought about this morning before speaking with you, spoke with Bill Carney the morning after. And the first thing he said to me was, we have got to get open. And he didn't know the extent of the damage. Like, none of us did, right? And he said, we've got to get open because East Nashville needs us. Like, Three Crows where people went. When bad things happened, when great things happened. It was the cultural center is the heartbeat. Yeah. Sorry. I'm getting, but his concern was not about getting the business open because of profits for financial reasons, but he's like, our, our, our people need us. Yeah. Like we've got us, we've got to get people some beers. You know, we've got all these, all these people out with, you know, chainsaws and garbage bags you know, do this work. And he was like, where else are they going to go other than three crap? To drown the, you know, to feel that, that warm hug. Mm. So I think that we're getting the picture here that three crow bar isn't just a restaurant. It's no. not just... Some place that somebody with a key opens the door, they count money, 
they open the door and then they look at a PL for their profits every month. This is a this is a place where people found comfort. People found a familiarity that they went to because it made them feel good. It's yes. cheers. It was cheers. It was that place where everybody knew your name. You went and you were accepted and nobody didn't accept you. And it was it was a very special place. Yes. I mean, it's cliche to call it clear, to call it cheers, but, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, after, like, after Jay Luther's funeral, 200 people converged at three crow because they all felt after that horrible day, that's where everyone wanted to be because of the warm welcoming environment that was created. And I say again, organically, it, I don't think that anyone really set out. It just happened. Make it that way. It just happened. Yeah. So the community, obviously at that point, East Nashville is one of the most amazing communities in the world, in my opinion. But at that point, the community rallies, Everybody who works there, every, we get you get the place open eventually. Well, how long did it take before you got it took, open? It took a hell of a lot longer than anyone thought. I mean, I think in Bill's mind, like that morning when he called me and said we have to get open so that people have a chance to go drink beer and be with their friends. Um, you know, the damage that we sustained was was greater than than what was in it. Um, so, well, and also, you know, on the heels of COVID was right on, you know, hot on our heels. Really? Yeah. I mean, two weeks later, right? Yeah. So you weren't open when all this COVID stuff happened, right? No, no, no. And the, the damage to the building was again, far greater than what anyone really. So now we start a pandemic. Yeah. And now Bill's got to be thinking, and I noticed you, you reference Bill a lot more than the other two. Was he much more hands-on? 100%. He was the managing partner. Okay, so he was actually managing partner. Yeah. You guys were like arm-in-arm arm all the time. I, uh, yeah, I'm fortunate to call him a friend. Cool. Okay, I, I love that. So um, you finally, when do you finally open the doors? Because, I mean, I imagine a pandemic happens and not only did that feeling of you, hey, we need to be here for our community. We got to open the doors. People need beer. We want to be the place that they, they need comfort. Now you're in a pandemic and everybody's laid off and nobody's working. And now we're, we're quarantined at home. People really need comfort now. Right. When did you finally open? So we, after the great efforts of many employees who were in there every single day, saving that company a ton of money, painting, doing, you know, like once the, the actual construction was done, you know, rebuilding the roof and the structural damage, all of that was finished. There were bartenders and wait staff that would, that came in to paint the building, clean, you know, you don't really, I've never been through a tornado. The the damage that's done, I mean, the, it's, you know, mind-boggling. Everyone pitched in. 
to help. And of course it's their livelihood. I mean, it wasn't a charitable organization, obviously, and, and no one's claiming to be mother Teresa, but, but the, the staff pitched in to get things up and running as quickly as possible. Um, and then I, I believe we, we opened on the 5th of July. It was right. It was the, I think the Monday after whenever the 4th was, we opened the Monday following the 4th of July and we, but we were only allowed to be open for carry out. So that was four months after the tornado. Yes. You guys finally get open and imagine the community is pretty excited that you're there. Yes. Right. You're back oh, open. The support, the, yeah, the support from the neighborhood was. I mean, again, it's it's that place. It's huge. So at some point now, we're talking about July. At some point not super long after that, you were let go. Is that correct? Um, yes, I was fired the week before Christmas. You're, okay, so. This doesn't add up to me if I start looking at this. And I, like I said, I don't have a dog in the hunt, but I'm hearing this story and I, I hear, I see your emotion while you talk about this place is clearly very special to you. The week before Christmas, who let, who actually like fired you? Bill did. Bill did. He did. What was, um, what was the reason? Not his, I was, I wasn't given cause. Um, and the other two owners, Rick and Kelly, so it was a three-way partnership, as I've mm -hmm. said before. Rick and Kelly wanted me to be fired. Bill didn't, but he was outvoted. But yet he was the one left to do the dirty work, which was, and I'll tell you what, if, Bill Carney is good at a lot of things. He's really good at firing people. <laughs> and I, and I know that he won't, he won't take offense to that. If he ever hears this, um, we had a beer together. He was, you know, it wasn't the best day of my life, but Bill made it, you know, no, so no reason. Hey, Merry I Christmas. Was, I wasn't given any cause. No, no cause. And I'm, I'm just, I feel, have you learned anything to this day? Anything more? Has anybody told you, Hey, they, they said something to me. Have you learned anything more? So to this day, you still don't know why you don't work there. No. Um, there, a couple of weeks before I was fired, Bill came to me and said that there was there were rumors that the staff was stealing, which I knew factual that was not the case. Stealing what? I don't know. Money, booze, I don't know. So Bill and I, and and let me preface this by saying that every single member of that staff has a key to my house. This is how much I trust all of these people. There, there were no, there were no thieves at Three Crow. And I think that's the thing that, that bothers me 
the most. I think it bothers me more that people were called that my coworkers and friends and people that I consider members of my family were accused of something that horrific with no basis in fact. So Bill and I spent a couple weeks going through like ounce by ounce of liquor, every dime that was spent, everything that was rung up, there was no evidence of theft. Yet. Now theft, theft can be a couple different things, right? I think that we all know theft is the, the blatant theft is I took a hundred dollars out of the drawer and I said, I don't know where it went. I took a bottle of Jack Daniels and shoved it in my backpack before I left and it went. But theft also can come in the form of, hey, I'm going to pour you three ounces and charge you for an ounce and a half. So I'm not but like that. What there were they more on the, hey, we think somebody's stealing like the first sign of stealing or you need to manage the pours. Is that something that was going on? No, I think I think the the accusation was of of actual theft, like giving giving stuff away in return for you know more handsome gratuities. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. You know that was not happening. 100% not. Okay. So and that's a terrible thing to say about someone just just on principle, it's a terrible thing to say about <clears throat> to say about someone. But it could also impact if you want to make a change in the in the business, then just do it. Don't make something up that could impact someone's livelihood. And not only their livelihood, but also their credibility. The, all of it. Their I mean, you know. Their yeah. Somebody it's, calls you a thief and that, that, that sticks around. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's not good. No. All right. So you're let go yeah. in, the week before Christmas. And then um, I, I, I know I was alerted to this situation by the, the new general manager. I talked to her and she said, I'd like to come on the show and tell our side of the story. And I said, what's going on? Like, I don't know. She goes, oh, you're not on the East Nashville Facebook page. And I said, I'm about to be. Hold on. I'm like, <laughs> turning it right now. Really, right. Now that you've said that. So I saw the post that was three crowbar has fired the entire staff. Fuck those guys. I'm never going there again. Hashtag boycott three crow. Right. So the community obviously was not down with what was going on. You were out of town. I but were you out of town when all this went down? I was. What do you know of that situation? So I New Year's Eve day, I arrived I flew to Mexico and when I got to my place, I had a a lot of text messages, a lot. And so New Year's Day, I believe was on a Thursday. And one of the texts that I received was from Bill. And he said, 
The text said, now I know how you feel. I was fired also today. Oh. So he was removed as managing partner on New Year's Eve day. There was some confusion, and I had other people calling me and saying, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. I've, you know, I've been out at that point for a couple weeks. Um, I spoke with Bill strictly as a friend. I was like, are you okay? An extra bedroom at my place in Mexico. Get on a plane right now. Fly down here. <laughs> Let's drink some margaritas, man. <laughs> That'll make everything better. Um, <laughs> I love it. Come on, bro. I got an extra room. This is yeah. what I'm doing. This is how I'm doing it. Yeah. I was like, you know, and I guess the rest of the staff, my understanding. And, and so I wasn't, I don't, I don't want to misrepresent. I wasn't in any of these meetings. I, I wasn't, I was out of the country. Um, on Monday, Maha Robert, who I'm sure pretty much everyone in Nashville knows her. I know her from back in the day at Sam's. Yeah. For, I, I mean, mean, she's, yeah, she's iconic. She's a legend. Um, indeed. Uh, she and Wayne were fired on Monday. So that would, that was the third. And uh, who's Wayne? Wayne Hannon. He's one of the managers. Yes, he um, he was our HR manager and a dear friend. I would fight him in the street right now if I had the chance, but I love him like a brother. He's, okay, it's a familial relationship, as can be said for everyone. Three yeah. with me. Um, so he and Maha were fired on that Monday, and then on two the following the following day. And again, I wasn't in the meeting, but apparently everyone else was. So they had an all employee meeting the next day, that Tuesday, right? Correct. So let's let's timeline this. The week before Christmas, they let the beloved general manager go, who's been there for fifteen years, sixteen years. It's very sweet for you to call me beloved. That's very nice. Well. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're you're the heartbeat of this place, and you've you're the one at the helm of all this stuff. So, two weeks before New Year's, they let you go, and then a week after Christmas, so two weeks later, they let Bill go, who they had fire you first, and then they said, "Okay, thanks for doing that. Thanks for getting that out of the way. Um, now, now, now you can go too. You're you're no you're no longer part of this." And then they let your number one bartender Maha go and they let the HR guy go. And then the, so this is like all of the main players, they're cleaning house as far as leadership in the building. And then that Tuesday they have an all employee meeting where I guess they brought in the new general manager to introduce to everybody. Correct. And again, I, I wasn't there, but they brought in not only the new general manager, but also new staff the way that the, the way that the information was relayed to me was that, that the all the that the all staff meeting everyone walked in and they pretty much 
looked into the faces of their replacements. So, so they had more people in the building, like they brought in new like servers and bartenders? Correct. Hey, like two, 10, 20, I mean, how many more people were there? Like, I did, again, I wasn't there. Okay. So I don't want to, I don't want to falsify. And so alleged, I don't know, allegedly, from what I understand, I've talked to a lot of people about this because, you know, I got into this earlier and I was kind of like, you know what, I don't want to, this isn't my thing and I'm not here to spread rumors on this show and I'm not trying to down people for running a business. I don't know what their business is, but your story I felt like was different and I wanted to, I wanted to give you an opportunity to set the record straight and for you to kind of talk about your history there and what it was and to kind of not just get it off your chest, but just to, to really tell the truth. And so from what I understand is she said, there's been theft in the building and we're going to do some things differently here. And if you don't like it, you can quit right now. And apparently that's when Brandy legs put her keys on the table and was like, deuces, I'm out. Like you can all you can kiss my ass and like walked out the door. Yeah. And from what I understand before the end of that meeting, like every single employee followed her out the door. Is that your, that's, that's how it was relayed to me. Okay. So the um, idea that they fired, so they fired their entire staff. They fired some really key, important people on the staff, and then everybody else said, we're following them. Correct, but they accused all of those people of stealing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, perhaps they weren't in the, in the, I'm not a lawyer, but in the very legal sense, they weren't terminated. But if you're, if you walk into a meeting and you sort of look around and realize that, hey, all these people are here to replace me and you've accused me of stealing. I don't know. I don't think you have to be a Svengali to figure out what would happen. <laughs> I'm with you. No, no, nobody's, nobody wants that. That's not, I mean, that's, 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 that's a hostile work environment at the, at the very least. So what? So you're in Mexico. You hear about this. Did that make you smile that everybody left? No. No, I don't take joy in others in, in other people's misery. My my, I was I was. I, I wanted everyone to get on a plane and come to me in Mexico so we could drink margaritas and hug each other. My number. But I was concerned. I was worried. You know, these are my friends. These are my, you know, I consider them my family. I, no, I wasn't smiling. I was, I was devastated. Well, again. I don't mean that. Like, were you, obviously people losing their jobs, but like just the solidarity of that team standing up for themselves, almost as a mama bear, kind of being proud of them going, you know what? Damn right. You stand up for yourselves. Don't take that shit. And just kind of a smile, like, you know what? They did it. Like they stood together. Like I knew they would. That that that's what I meant by like smile. Not like are you excited that everybody doesn't have a job or that that. I mean, obviously, that's in the end of a, a kind of an era in an iconic place. I mean, that that's a, yeah. that is a very sad moment. 
Yeah. So yes, it was, it was very sad, but you know, I just, I just wanted all of my friends to be okay. And it was, it was clear then that they weren't going to be okay at three crow. So basically I just tried to, I went into, I mean, mama bear, I don't know if I should be insulted by that, Brandon, or. <laughs> no, it was not. As I'm, I'm not I'm, I know I'm not. Um, to try to do whatever I could to help everyone. So how's everybody doing? Um, I think everybody's good. You know, it's, I don't, you know, you and I, you and I sort of messed back and forth in January and I wasn't ready to talk about it. And I don't think that I've, that I'd given myself enough time to really grieve this loss, you know, and I, I needed time to do that. And I'm, and I, and I, and I certainly don't want the people who made these decisions to feel like they have any power over me or my emotions, but certainly it feels it felt like, and still does to some degree, like a death in the family. Yeah. You know, it's, I've, I've never had a job where every day when I left work, I told, and meant, meant it every day when I left work, told my coworkers, I love you. And they all said it back. Lightning in a bottle. That's special. It yeah. That sort of thing doesn't come around every day. And you know, and it's it's sad and it sucks. And I drive by three crow and you know, I don't I don't relish their misfortune of whatever it is, you know, that there's no one there anymore. You know. But it makes me sad because we really, we all, we cared about that place. The level of ownership from the kitchen people to the bar backs, everybody gave a shit about it. That's not and easy to come by. No. Hmm. That, and, you know, who knows? Maybe somebody will open a place called Four Raven or Three Raven and they can bring everybody back and they'll have like a, there's a, there's a unique restaurant idea. We're going to just recreate it somewhere else and we're going to have all the same people. We're going to just do that. And that'd be fun. It would. And, you know, you know, time will tell. Yeah. I sit around thinking about, uh, bar names all the time and you know four four ravens didn't cross my mind until now <laughs> one I, like, I like the name blackbird there you go blackbird would be a cool name that's a nice beetle song yeah absolutely so what do you what do you want to where are you at today how are you feeling 
today? What do you see for your future? You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate in many, many ways. I've, I have friends and family and included in that group are every single person that I worked with at three crow. We still, we all, we talk, we, you know, we see each other when we can. Very fortunate. So I don't have to, I don't know. I want to get in a better mood, I guess. There you go. Um, get some sunshine and some sand. There's that. And just, just mentally, you know, I, I don't think I, I don't think I ever, as I said earlier, I don't think I ever gave myself a chance to really grieve this loss and then not to embrace it, but you know, I want to play with the kids in my life and hang out with my friends and be in a smile and, and stop complaining. Yeah. You know. And get out of this damn coronavirus. Right. We've all, look, and we've all been through, I'm, I'm certainly not, you know, I don't have the worst of it. Well, no. We've, all, we've, all, had a, we've all had a year. You know, every time that I start feeling like I, I'm, you know, overbearing and we need to do this, we need to do that. Cause you know, I have, um, a team of my own. I sometimes just stop and go, Hey, you guys really are doing a great job. Like you're, we're, we've gone through some serious shit and the more I try and push and push and push for greatness and all these things. And I'm like, Calm, calm down, dude. Like, just take a deep breath. Like, these people are going through so much right now, and it's okay. It's okay to to give them a break. Yeah, we all. I mean, we we've all. I mean, you know, it's hard. You can't qualify or quantify the level of pain that anyone suffered over the past year. No well, way. I guess yeah. I'm fortunate. You know, I have a, my my partner. Vaughn, she's beyond supportive, almost to the, you know, I don't know if vindictive is, <laughs> I think, I think she was banned from the face, from the three crow page. I know my sister was, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't engage. Um, but yeah, I'm really, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm a lucky person. And I'm lucky to have had three. Yeah. So I think it, I'm trying to sort of rewrite the rewrite the script on that. That it wasn't taken away from me. It was. It was. I was lucky to have had it for the time that I did. So I know that we did, know that we did a good job. I know that. Uh, I can tell from your passion and everything that you, the way that you talk about this team and all of the people, like it's more than a job. It was a family and these are people that you care about and the, this, everything about that. And, that, and you know, the other side of that is like the guests, you know I mean? I think that's something that a lot of people don't recognize that like we talk about the employees and the staff and you, you but like the people that come in there that you're used to seeing every day, Hi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the conversations with those people 
that you still get to see at their house. But I mean, at the same point, like not going to work and getting to engage with your community. I thought it was really great the way that Margot put it in our first interview when she said, the way that I give love is by showing service, by going to yeah. like, when I'm at work, when I make food and I give it, when I put it on people in front of people, that's my, that's me giving love to them. And then when they eat it and they enjoy it and I see that, that's how I receive love. So when you talk about a mourning process, it's not just, I got fired from a job. I don't know why I don't get to see the people. There's a bunch of drama around it. Like, and then not being able to see the guests on a daily basis, the way that you did, it's, it's our love language. It's that spirit of service. And it's the way that you give love. And when that's taken away, if it, it, there's a hole in your heart that's hard to fill. And it is a process. It's a process to get through that. And I don't, I mean, of course it's going to take some time. Yeah. Brandon, very well said. And the, the, the customer and it's, I don't even really like calling the, the people that came in to purchase beer at or cocktails or whatever to call them customers, I think is a disservice Yeah, because they were and are still. And I, I feel comfortable in, in speaking for the entire staff. They are, and they were, and are our family also. You know what I mean? Like the cohesiveness, it's just a very uh, it's it's a difficult thing to put my finger on. Or I think you've done a good job of describing it throughout this interview. Well, I Honestly. appreciate that. I think it's a feeling. It's an emotion. It and is. It's, a, it's something that's hard yeah. to describe in words, but you, but you know it because you were there and you were part of it and it was special. It's hard to put a word because it's it's so rare. There's not even words for it. (laughs) It's no, this doesn't happen. I mean, nobody goes to work at a bar and then, you know, randomly meets people that will be forever in my life. Like that doesn't, that's a. It's pretty damn cool. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Deva, I think you've said a lot. I've, I've loved learning your story. I've loved talking to you. You're, you're such a lovely human being. Thank you you. for sharing your time with me and some of your, your story. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of the things that I do, I don't know if you knew that this was coming. I I like to throw people off. Bring it on. Let's take us out. The, The end of the interview is I always give it to the guest to say, whatever they want for as long as they want their turn to just say whatever you want to say to the people. I figured this one might be a a, a good one, <laughs> but the mic is yours. You get to take us out today. Whatever you want to say, take your time. Okay. Brandon, thank you so much uh, for having me and for your patience and for for keeping this story alive, I, you know, often we live in a, we live in a world that it's, everything happens so quickly. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that you gave me the opportunity to, to tell the truth. It's not my story. It's the true story of what happened. Um, 
so for that, I'm very grateful. It's my pleasure. And yeah, let's keep in touch. Let's do something, you know, green pastures await, I think, for everyone. Um, and I love my people. And go big orange. <laughs> Apparently we're gonna have a really good GBO in there. Look at that. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> I, I almost said you get to take us out and say whatever. If you want to say nib high football rules, you're good to my my father might disinherit me if I didn't say go balls or go big orange. So <laughs> Well, thank you for taking time today. I hope that you have a wonderful trip in Mexico. This will thank this you. will come out while you're in Mexico. I look forward to hearing it. And I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think I swore that much. You did good. I swore this a lot more than weird. you did. Yeah. Fuck. There, there you go. <laughs> feel good. It did feel good. <laughs> I was minding my manners. Maybe my great aunt will hear this one day, and I don't want her to hear that. <laughs> Just say it. Say it again. All right, Brandon. Thanks, Dave. Have a wonderful day. Nice. I didn't get to meet all the people around you, but. This is Jen. Hi. I can edit you out, Jen. (laughs) Hi, Jen. How you doing? This is my bestie. All right. Thanks so much, Brandon. You guys are awesome. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. Well, there we have it. The uh, full, that, that episode, I just listened to it. I've played the whole episode, and I listened to the whole thing again, and that is unedited. Not one piece. That is one straight shot through. I didn't edit one thing out of that interview. Uh, I do want to make it clear. We were talking about the meeting that they had that neither David nor myself was at. I was just referencing conversation that I heard from people who were at that meeting. Uh, None of that was fact. None of that was anything, uh, you know, as far as I know, the people that work at Three Crow Bar, the new management, all those people, I, I don't hold anything against them. I don't, I'm sure they're amazing people. I do know the general manager, and um, I hold nothing against them. I don't want to hurt their business. I don't want to do anything along those lines. We're all struggling right now. This episode was not to smear the Three Crow Bar. Um, I know it's an iconic place in East Nashville. I really feel like this episode is more of a love story than anything. I mean, just at what that bar was or is. And uh, hopefully that can come back. I mean, hopefully, the, I think that's a place that people need to go. And there's a, there's a, people need a spot like that. And hopefully it can regain that somehow, some way. I, I have every bit of hope that, um, that they're able to, to be, to flourish and to do a great job. So, I don't know all the the backstory, but hopefully that uh, clears some things up for you. If you had some misconceptions about what was going on, um, and if anybody from Three Crow wants to say their side of the story or anybody along those lines, I'm happy to do it. Um, certainly isn't a I, I don't want to just tell one side of this thing. But if you're new to the new to the podcast, we've done over 150 podcasts out here. Tons of interviews with chefs, restaurant owners. Uh, we love to tell stories. We love to tell the story behind the food. It's not a podcast where we talk about food. We talk about food people, and we talk to food people. And uh, if you uh, if you know somebody you think would be great on the podcast, let me know. 
Find me on Instagram at Brandon underscore NRR and send me a message. So thank you guys for listening. We hope that you all are being safe out there. Love you guys. Bye.